everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod Playoff Edition. Here with ESPN analyst Richard Jefferson. We're out here in LA. RJ, how are you, man? You know what? I am so excited. This is my first time on the Woj. Is it my first time on the Woj Pod? I think it's my first time. I believe it is your yes, debut. I, let's I, I, go. I'm not necessarily as let's convinced as of your enthusiasm <laughs> for this, but I do appreciate you jumping in. This is this first weekend of the season uh, playoffs, RJ. Right? It's always got that sort of sort of first weekend of the NSA tournament. You got a lot of games going on, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you see you know Minnesota seven seed goes on the road and pops a two seed mm-hmm. in Memphis, and and you see stuff starts to happen. You were in Memphis. Mm-hmm. For that, but but a lot, but I, but I want to start here though, RJ. The series that I think we all expected was going to just be played at a high level. We're all kind of trying to figure out w- what you're going to get out of the Brooklyn Nets, what this was going to look like, and that was a remarkable game one, an incredible ending. We were just out in the back end, ready for NBA today, and, and heard you and Zach Lowe talking through that last sequence. Mm-hmm the Jason Tatum layup off the Marcus Smart pass. Let, let's start there. That last sequence, I think you have a you had a different view of it than some others who thought that KD got was left out of position. You kind of felt KD got left out to dry a little bit. Yeah, I know. I thought it was – and now, again, you want to compliment Ime Odoka for just going. They only had one timeout, and the reason why you go is because let's say you miss and there's three seconds to go. At least you can foul two free throws. You have th- you have one timeout to advance it, so you understand why they're going. Now, by going, they cause some confusion. If you look at that initial drive, Bruce Brown goes to help, which is kind of the right idea because you're only up by one. Bruce Brown goes to help. Now, when I think it was Jalen Brown, when Jalen Brown turns and kicks it out, now Bruce Brown's dead. Bruce Brown has no man. So he sprints out to Marcus Smart. Now he is so far behind that Claxton, they both run out. Now they both run out, lack of communication, lack of understanding, and these things happen. I'm not pointing them out. We're just breaking down the play. Claxton and Bruce Brown both run. Marcus Smart does the smart thing, pump fakes. Now you've got three on two on the backside. And now Kevin Durant might be like, oh, I have Jalen Brown. Right. Or Kevin Durant like sees like sees that. And so when 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 Tatum cuts, there's three on two on that backside. It's KD and it's Kyrie and three players. You had White in the corner, you had Jason Tatum coming, and you have Jalen Brown. So even if KD takes, if KD takes Jason Tatum, which he was probably the biggest threat, then he leaves Jalen Brown wide open for a three, which we believe that he's going to make at a 40% clip. The other part about it is that if you take that player or if you don't take that player, Kevin Durant is looking at a man. He's like, oh, here's Jalen Brown. I've got Jalen Brown, but he might not see Jason Tatum. And so there was so much confusion caused on that play. And part of it, I'm not going to fault uh, Brown for the help in transition. I will fault him and Claxton for not the communication running out because once you get two, basically out of bounds because they both flew at the guy and then you get Marcus Smart, they were dead. Brooklyn had to have that game mm. on the road. To me, when you're on the road and you have a chance to steal one, you've got to do that. I thought Kyrie played out of his mind. KD, you know, they did a good job making life difficult for KD, but they're going to do that. This is a mm-hmm. great, this is, a, this is the best defensive team in the league. Yeah. That will be even better if they can get Robert, they will get Robert Williams back. If they advance, they might even get him back in this series. But without him, they are long, they are physically Physical. strong, mm-hmm. 
athletic and they're and they're smart. Yeah. And it's a smart group. And if you're Brooklyn, I just think all year Brooklyn, that stat going into the fourth quarter, I think it was 0-41 when down by 11, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they come back and... It's just the, the Brooklyn Nets, we can talk about Kyrie and we can talk about James Harden and we can talk. They have just there have been things that you just point at their struggles versus teams above 500 are in the top like four in both conferences were, were not what they should be. They are a 50 win team like percentage wise when Kevin Durant is playing when Kevin Durant is team, they're a 50 win team. But you just look at it, and I think Boston did an outstanding job of, look, Kyrie is so unique, right? But let's make sure that Kevin Durant, who is their best player, doesn't destroy us. And I think that was their focal point. They were like, we know Kyrie is Kyrie, right? But if we focus in on Kyrie, that dude, Kevin Durant, is just different. And even Kevin Durant talks about it. He's like, look, I see different defenses. I knock down a shot, teams are making adjustments. I do this, teams are making adjustments. And so I think we'll see Kevin Durant's performance increase. I think everyone believes that. But ultimately, I think he should be your focal point on the defensive side. And they did a great job guarding him because they have the physical defenders. They can switch bodies onto him. It can be Marcus Smart. It can be Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That defense on the last play, right? It's like, hey, Jason, don't show too much of that defense. People will start expecting that from you all the time. Were you of the mind that Brooklyn was an underdog in this series? Yes, I was. The Williams thing kind of brought it back down a little bit, made it a little bit even. But I will also say this. Once I saw the length of this first round series, like they have two weeks from game one to game seven, potentially. To me, I was like, that opens up an actual window for Ben Simmons. It does. And mm-hmm. I know I mm-hmm. might be skeptical of his impact, but if you're ramping up and your game three or four isn't for another five or six days, that puts you in an amazing position if you're just trying to give your team something and i don't know what that is we don't know mentally emotionally physically what he's capable of but i think that opened up the door and made them a little bit more even it's so hard to measure what ben simmons would be we could name another player and say who's been out since last june we know what we saw the last time we saw him Mm -hmm. and it was it was hard to watch yeah right and he's not in philadelphia anymore and it's been a year and and you just don't know exactly how and you're walking into the highest pressure situation, you go zero to 100, even if you're playing 10 or 15 minutes a game, which I think is all they hope to get from them. You can't walk in and do more than that. But we can see being able to have Ben Simmons on the floor just if it's for a few possessions against those uh, their great wing players and and all the things and and, and the rebounding, which certainly Mm -hmm. is is important that he can help help them do all the things he, he does. But you just don't know with Simmons how he's going to react to being thrust right back into this high-pressure situation. You hope it'd be fine. But I just, like you said, I, I don't know what to expect from him. Well, and this is the— And beauty- I don't think they do either. No, they, no one does. No one. I don't even think Ben Simmons knows what to expect from himself. But I will say this. I think as players, mentally and emotionally and physically, you can decondition, right? Like he was the number one pick in the draft. He was the rookie of the year. He's been in the postseason multiple times. Now, have they, has he reached those? But no, but pressure has been a part of his professional career. That being said, what they need from him is very gettable. They don't need scoring. They don't need playmaking. They just need 15 minutes of defense. And for me, what I believe and I hope that the Nets and I hope for Ben Simmons is that he gets out there and gives you 10, 12 minutes and you're like, I can go 20. 
He goes out there in game four and gives you 20, and he's like, I can give you 30. And for a player of his caliber, and people forget, I don't, let's not focus on what he can't do. Because what that's been well documented, what he can do is play defense at a level that maybe three or four people on this planet can do. Right. And what he can do is exactly what they need there. They don't need him to be a scorer. They don't need him to make shots. They need him to, when the doubles come for those other guys and he's cutting, to rim run, to to play make. Mm-hmm. And he gets his baskets by just running the floor and his offense. You know mm-hmm. how he... Yeah. And, and that's what you hope you can get from him. But I, I do think... I think this is a hard series for them to win if he doesn't step on the floor and make some kind of an impact. Yeah, agreed. And the one thing that I think what we would see an impact is easier shots for Kevin Durant. That is the number one thing that I think he brings to the table. Because right now you're asking Kevin Durant and Kyrie, neither of which, I would say even more Kevin Durant is a natural playmaker, right? As far as like, I know how to get my shot. I know how to kind of make the right play. Kyrie is an assassin. He's looking at killing bodies and that first. That's all he wants. With Kevin Durant, he's more of a basketball, like, I want to, like, do this. I want to play make. I want to score. So if he's – imagine when was the last time Kevin Durant got a catch and shoot, right? Like, just a catch and shoot, like, lace up the ball. And I think even if Ben Simmons can create two or three of those opportunities, it then makes – Kevin Durant more consistent. It makes his game. You saw, was it nine for 24? Like, that's not what we expect from Kevin Durant, a 50% shooter. So I just think that Ben Simmons, if he got Kevin Durant two or three shots, one or two each half, and then all of a sudden just played 10, 15 minutes of defense that's at a level that no one can explain, hopefully, in my opinion, that can revitalize him. Like, oh, there it is, the crowd, the energy, all of that stuff. All of a sudden, it's just that positive reinforcements in your brain. Those endorphins start kicking in, and it becomes like a drug. You want more of it. You want more of it. I think he's been desensitized over the past like nine months of not playing and going through what he went through in Philly. Hopefully he can get that love and that fire back. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the views from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code WOJ, W-O-J, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code WOJ, W-O-J, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. 
Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. You look at these Eastern playoffs, Richard, and it just feels exactly like, and we knew this was coming. We knew the East was better than the West this season. But you'd be in the first round for years, and you'd look at those first-round Western series, and you'd go, oh, my gosh. Monsters. Look at look at that 2-7. Look at that that 4-5. That looks like a the You know, the, the, the eighth seed, they might be able to take a game or two off the one seed. And now that's how we look at these. I look at the West right now, and I go, you know, that 2-7 is interesting. Yeah. Memphis, Minnesota, the you were one. there over the weekend. But – Listen, Luca's out, and that impacts it. You, Luca's been out against Utah. Utah's come kind of limping into the postseason a little bit. You know, Golden State steps back, and Jordan Poole looked great in Game One. But the East is where now you look and you go. And it, we're talking about Brooklyn. When you look at Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, the physicality of those teams, the toughness defensively. Brooklyn's going to beat you with their skill. The feeling still is they probably need to outscore you. And if anybody can, those two can. That there's a gap there still with any of those elite from the East that I know in crunch time when they need to stop, when Miami is going to come in and grind you and the Bucks are going to come in and grind that championship. Drew Holiday is going to get up into you. That's where you worry about Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. In those moments. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You'd worry about him because I love the Drummond pickup because it gave physicality that the Nets didn't have. Like, Drummond is a – say whatever you want. He's not, he's not a journeyman, but he's like – he's a big dude. The league changed around Andre Drummond. Like, when he came in the league, yes. this was a max player. This was a – you know, he dropped a little bit in the draft to eighth maybe. The league was changing. But you look at a guy who was a max contract guy – and you saw it with a bunch of centers in this mm-hmm. league, not to get off subject. They went from max level players to guys fighting for minimums. Yeah. Because the league changed around them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he doesn't have value. Yes. Can't, but but it's he's a he's in a different league than he came into. Well, I, I think he's better in the role for Brooklyn than he probably right. could be. And I think he tried to be in that role for LA, uh, but they had Anthony Davis. So it's like, do we play with the two bigs? And it would just became, right. that was more of a foreshadowing of the issues that Lakers were having. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about them at all. What please. do you think went wrong don't with you the Lakers do that. Don't this you season? Don't you I don't do that to me. I don't think we've covered that enough around here. Do you, you know what? Where did it go wrong? Where did it go LA? wrong? I, I don't do that. Too. So you guys like Woj is always cracking jokes, but I, I'll say this: Drummond and like you said, he actually adds that physicality that the Nets could use if they were to play against an Embiid, a Bam, if they were playing against those guys. But let's stay on. When I look at the physicality of those top four teams, then you have everybody else, like like Chicago. I don't know where they went wrong. Cleveland, they're one of those teams that just with the injury to Jared Allen, they fell off. But that Eastern Conference is so good right now that even the the 9 10 11 12 teams like cleveland is a team that is out and they've got two all come on if cleveland and we could say chicago and they listen everybody's had injuries nets don't have joe harris floor spacer for them we can go through everyone suffered some loss but cleveland's the one to me that was a 50 win team yes healthy they were dominating people yep every night you and and they were they were third or their fourth third or fourth in the league defensively before jared allen jared allen went down and then you know Mobley was out for with the ankle and and forget early in the season Rubio, Rubio oh he was having he a- had trained he and you know this he had played to me he played such a role and you know this better than anybody 
he played such a role, I thought, in Kevin Love's revitalization. Those yeah. two had such history together. Mm-hmm. And Love, having him there was, I thought, for Love, it was important. And, and it helped to reestablish him there. And come on, we can go, that Cleveland team... That hurt when that hurt me from a standpoint of even JB Bickerstaff. JB yeah. Bickerstaff was, to me, he was a coach of the year. Coach of the part. year. Like, I thought early in the year, Billy Donovan, JB Bickerstaff, to me, I, I, it, to me, it's interesting. Coach of the year versus executive of the year. That's always an interesting. I look at teams who make a dramatic improvement, and I always ask, is the credit and there's the credit goes around. It goes around, but I always say, is that an executive of the year work or is that coach of the year work? And I felt that with Cleveland, and, and you could make the case for both. Yeah. Memphis, same way. Like Zach Kleiman, nobody even people don't even know the name of the GM in Memphis because he keeps such a low profile. He allows his players to be the stars, his coach to be. But Cleveland, though, man, I just it was more coaching. And let me explain to you really quickly why they bring in Laurie Markinen. Yep, seven footer. You draft a seven footer in in Mobley play that big. to play that yeah. Mobley. You already got a seven footer in Jared Allen, and then you got Kevin Love, who's six foot ten, coming off your bench. So you have this huge lineup that no one in the NBA is doing. Yep. No one. And it then took they guts go for them. To yeah, do it, it took. A, and then they go as a GM before we like I let Kobe Almany, you right. know, but. He goes, hey, J.B. Bickerstaff, make this work. Holy, you're asking a guy that's 42 years old. He's been in the league forever. But as a, as a head coach of his squad, relatively early. Yep. And, you, and he made a system the, that and worked. The, and, the, and the progression of Darius Garland. Yeah. And, and like, like that's that to me is everyday grind yeah. of like we're going to learn how to play with Jared Allen, with Lori Markkinen, and then Kevin Love's going to come off the bench. So it's not like we're going to go, we have our big lineup, we have our small lineup. We're going to go big and then bigger. We're going to go big and then bigger and bigger, yeah. and we're going to figure out a way to work. Now, he had the type of bigs that work in Kevin mm-hmm. Love and Ricky Rubio and their connection. And Mobley is so versatile. And he can go on Mobley the court and do anything. so good, dude. He's, 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 he, that's your, I mean, we that, all know that's their franchise that's guy. That's the franchise guy. You know? and he's, Jared Allen's an all-star. Mm-hmm. Evan Mobley's a franchise player. Yes, right? and I think having Jared Allen there made Evan Mobley's mm-hmm. transition so he didn't have to guard every big yeah. every single night. They're like, hey, we're going to give you – and that and Jared Allen takes that challenge. He loves it. He's like, doesn't matter who it is, I got him. The, the, winners, the winner of the James Harden – Cleveland? Jared Brooklyn Allen. trade, Jared Allen – and then it put Karis LeVert out in the play, and they end up getting Karis LeVert on the back end of that, right? They bring him in in the trade, and he'll be better next year for them than he probably was playing through injury and stuff this year, and I'm sure they'll re-sign him this offseason. But Jared Allen landing in Cleveland out that trade instead of Houston taking him on. Anyway, that's another uh, <laughs> we're, that's yeah. another road to yeah, get down. Yeah, we're, yeah, Cleveland's, we're, not Cle- in the, Cleveland. Cleveland's not in the playoffs. and I. Uh, but we'd but, be remiss not to talk about it. No, Absolutely. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. 
Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Minnesota, Memphis. Yes. 2-7 on paper. I think because of just how physically skilled that Minnesota team is and physically Anthony Edwards is a linebacker, mm. right? He is a physical force. Cat obviously has had a great season. I know there's a lot of there was a lot of spotlight on the play in game where they, you know, fouled out, played poorly, yeah. they win and move on. He's had a great season. I'm I'm sure chance he'll be all NBA third team or second yeah. team, whatever. But you can see part of the greatness of that Memphis team in the regular season was what? Their depth. Mm-hmm. They'd have injuries. That roster, 1-15, to 15, is like everybody could step in and play. The record without John Morant. 22-5. and five. It was incredible. Yeah. Right. And, and But now in the playoffs where you can load up on a smaller player, and again, Minnesota was able, you know, in game one to you know, steal that game. That that's that to me is the most might be the most compelling series out in the West mm-hmm. outside of Brooklyn and Boston. It's one of those things where like the two seven is the most the most exciting series. Not the four five, not you know, not not the three six. It's the two seven on both sides. And I'll say this. Jean Morant is so special. That environment in Memphis was there and there early. The reason why if you're Memphis, you should be somewhat worried or basketball fans should be really intrigued. After John Morant, the next three best mm. players in that series, it's D'Angelo Russell, in my opinion, when he's playing at, at an all-star caliber level, and then I would go Cat, and then I would go Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. Now, though, again, you could say that like D'Angelo Russell, but he had 30 in the in a game seven play-in situation, right? Like, So like we know what he's capable of doing. He's already proven to be yep. an all-star. So you could kind of say that, but ultimately I think the next three guys that you would pick are on that that, that Minnesota side. And they play with – they're the top two scoring teams, number one and number two. Minnesota is number one in three-point field goal attempts and makes. So, like, they have the stats that's like, oh, we're going to be able to score with them. And defensively, they are better defensively than people give them credit for because of their deflections, their lengths, their steals. They try and get out in transition. And Cat just does a really good job of – of shooting trail three so it's not him and so when i look at that cat's not going to be really challenged on steven adams he's more of like a defensive guy right. so he gets the rest he on the off- he doesn't have to guard, have to guard. and even jaron jackson is more of a like can score but that's not what they use him for so cat pretty much i'm gonna say has a night off but like just needs to do his job and there's just a physicality that they can bring. They're going to need guys to step up. Now, that's hard to say for Memphis, but they're going to need Bain to go for 20-plus. They're going to need Jaron Jackson Jr. to go for 20-plus. They're going to need someone off their bench to go for 20-plus, like like Malik Beasley did in Minnesota. Malik Beasley, and he's not anybody to scoff at, but like the NBA world might not know him in a traditional sense, but like he's a guy that can play, and he's been in postseason with Denver. He's now here in Minnesota, so he even has experience. You know, it's remarkable when you look at that Minnesota roster and Tim Connolly in Denver, how they've used the draft, mm-hmm. the players they brought in. They can't pay everybody Mm-mm. there. And they couldn't pay Malik, Malik Beasley. Beasley. Yeah. You know, Jared Vanderbilt ends up, he's been tremendous player, mm-hmm. tremendous role player. And all these guys that he has hit on in the second round, Beasley was a first round pick. Monte Morris. Monte Morris, second round pick, like who becomes Jokic. Well, never mind. But we can go through their whole roster, but you look at the guys elsewhere, and it wasn't because they didn't think they were good in Denver. No, they just couldn't it afford was like you, like There were only so many minutes for Malik Beasley. There were only so many minutes for Jared Vanderbilt. And that was that, I think, the biggest trade in NBA history. I remember, I think I was in this building 
or maybe I was in Bristol, but there was like 18 players. It was like Minnesota, Denver, Houston. I don't remember. Was there Orlando was in that? Did Gary Harris go? Yeah, Gary. Yeah, no. I think he might, yeah it was. Uh, maybe that was this year. I, I, it I was don't too, I, It was There's during so many. the pandemic. Anyway, yeah, it's remarkable. And one other thing in Minnesota, Gerson Rosas was fired earlier this season in Minnesota. You'd be talking about him for executive of the year right now with the moves they made in Minnesota. <laughs> Chris crazy. Chris Finch is mm-hmm. coached. Yeah, bringing him in. Outstanding. Bringing him in mid-season, right? He brought, brought, brought him in mid-season last, last year. a great deal of criticism. Yeah. But you look at the roster. You know, obviously, they took Anthony Edwards first. But, like, you know, you go down uh, the, the role players – the pieces and then how it's fit together bringing in Patrick Beverly well I'm, th- that's been the big like that that has impacted that group real quickly D'Angelo Russell coming in for the Wiggins the Wiggins trade mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell like I think basketball people are like him and and Cat while they might be friends defensively their numbers right. aren't going to be great mm-hmm. but what you do you bring in a defensive guy like Patrick Beverly and Patrick Beverly he fits so well he is the Draymond Green he is the Marcus Smart he is the battery in their back that gives them the confidence I've been there and even Chris Finch when we had the time to talk talk to him he was like these guys get off the film they get off the bus they'll go watch film they go to dinners together they hang out they're always together it's such a tight group that's why they're able to do it but Patrick Beverly is so key because we're gonna go back to John Morant in this series he gets to at least just be annoying he and he's a competitor he does all the things that you want so now you got Patrick Beverly who we haven't talked about as like an X factor in the series of just energy competitiveness talking to the crowd giving these guys a level of swagger that they might not normally have and then you talk about the production of guys like Beasley and other people off the bench you know it's so funny everyone was the the Discussion of whether Minnesota had over-celebrated that play-in and J.J. Redick went on and made, I thought, a very compelling case. But like, What did J.J. say? What did J.J. say? I didn't see it. J.J. essentially said, we ask these guys to care. Yeah. We ask people to care about winning. We ask the NBA to be relevant in that market. The players cared. The fans cared. And we mock them. They haven't won. And we mock them for- Not we. Some. Yes, and you get mocked instead of saying what what is the criticism of the league? Like nobody wants to play the games. Some of it fair. We 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 like the regular season doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Nobody wants to play the game. It's not that important. It's like you. I think JJ's line was, you know, we get we we end up on these teams, and then you pay us a lot of money, and then we're supposed to act too cool to care whether we win. And the case was like, if you don't have that, you don't have a league that people care about. Yeah. Like if the only thing that matters is getting to the conference final or the NBA final, so we're only going to have four fan bases every year who ignorant. are allowed yeah. to care. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, well, that's what yeah. I loved about the Cleveland fan. And shout out to the Cleveland fan base for that game. They were in Atlanta versus Atlanta. They It looked like people were texting me. I'm watching the game. I'm tweeting about it. It looked like a game six of the NBA finals because the Cleveland fan base cares. Same with Minnesota. We had Patrick Beverly on NBA today, the next day. And he said, he's like, look, this city has been through a lot in the last few yeah. years. A lot, ladies yes. and gentlemen. So for these people to be able to come together on a team that didn't have any expectations, hasn't been 
anything for the last like really truly 15 years since Kevin Garnett left for him and the group of guys to show emotion that look we brought a city together all of the BS and then and it, my thing is even when I asked him I was like where did that emotion come from and you go in uh, Patrick Beverly says it wasn't emotion it was passion he was like my passion for this game I've never missed the playoffs my passion to be able to play against a former team and people I respect but that didn't value what I brought and then to get brought into a place that values and then the energy that I bring into this place then leads to this and it's not just him but he is without a doubt a leader on that team that was something and I JJ JJ is one of the few people from Duke that I like that I will ever give a compliment <laughs> to JJ has been spot on so many times with some of the things that he has said as like a true player it's like bro we cry during these because we spend our lives, we sacrifice our families, we leave our families to go play in teams so our kids don't have to switch schools. So we're missing our kids. So all of these things go in. And then when we show emotion, people are like, no, nah, I get it, Chuck and those guys. And a lot of times those guys started and I'm not yeah. going to criticize because it was funny. But then when you really break it down after that initial reality, they just act like they won a championship. Well, truth be told, for them, that was a level of championship and they didn't stop. They didn't say, this was good enough. They go in and beat Memphis, maybe the the darlings yeah. of the NBA all season long. They go and knock them out in game one. Credit to the Minnesota Timberwolves and the fan base and the city. Well, a lot more to come. We've got to go tape a NBA Today show. Yep. So we're going to get moving here before Malika Andrews oh, she's comes down the hall yelling <laughs> yelling at us. RJ, always good to see you, man, and we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Woo, I'm on the Woj pod. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest today, ESPN NBA analyst Richard Jefferson. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also listen to The Low Post with Zach Lowe, The Hoop Collective, hosted by Brian Windhorst, and the Adam Schefter Podcast, hosted by, of course, Adam Schefter. We'll catch you next time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the views from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code WOJ, W-O-J, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, and redeem code WOJ, W-O-J, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.